calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. The Toddcast Podcast. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and at toddhancock.ca. Hi. Awesome. Hey, Gabriel. How are you? I'm good. How are you? It's Todd, right? Todd, yeah. The Toddcast here in Vancouver, Canada. Yeah. How's the weather? Well, the weather here is, you know, Vancouver's not bad in the wintertime. Every once in a while, we'll get a cold snap and get some snow, but... uh, but like cold as in like negative 20 cold because right now it's only 20. No. Yeah. Like not. Yeah. Like not super cold. I, I lived up <laughs> north, north BC uh, in, in Kitimat and Terrace. And we're talking like minus 40 degrees Celsius <laughs> snow banks. So like 10, 12 feet, like insane Ooh, shit. Nothing insane. at all like that. Yeah. Nothing <laughs> at all like that. Child's play. Bunny where, yeah. Where, where are you? Uh, where are you jumping on this zoom from? I'm in LA. Okay. <laughs> not mm. cold like that. Not not cold at all, really, like ever. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for taking some uh, some time here and joining us. Oh, I'm so glad you guys said yes to having me on. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, when we get to, you know, pitched to stuff like this, like there's no chance I'm saying no to it. Uh, <laughs> and you've got a lot of uh, stuff going on, of course, in, in your world right now. Yeah, it's been a wonderful break before a lot of momentum just started exploding with the with the things we'll probably end up talking about. So yeah. it's nice to catch everyone up. What's been going on with me? And it's also not only catching people up, but also kind of almost catching people off guard with with the with with one of the key reasons you're doing this today with us. How like how, what was the uh, I guess the like what was the start of making a Christmas song? Who who got you down that road? And was just something you're like, you know, as a, as a performer, as an entertainer, like I'm going to do this, or or how did it happen? <laughs> yeah, I definitely have never had this deep down passion to join the music industry as much as I love to sing. Yeah, um, musical theater was definitely one of my first passions in that way. Um, however. It was really fun to make a soundtrack with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, the TV show that I did for a while in Los Angeles. And, of course. That, that's what most and, people will know you for. Yeah. And I 
made some friends here in Los Angeles during our first years here because we, my husband and I were in New York for 10 years before Crazy Ex-Girlfriend brought us out here. Mm. And um, this friend, Chen Sing Tao is his name. He is a brilliant mathematician and does poetry on the side. And I heard some of his Christmas poems and I just thought they were so beautiful and it was so impressive that he loved doing that, you know, and... Um, another friend of both of ours, Charlie Malcolm, is a music writer. So I just had this moment, epiphany, where I said, why don't us three get together and make some Christmas music? That's amazing. And that took about three years, Todd, to actually get it wow. done. With a lot of grace, of course, due to like the years that we've been going through. And and um, it was the right year to do it. And we were able to get the first track down, which we hope is a realized album next year for the holiday season of 2023. Mm -hmm. Because it took a minute to figure out Charlie's style with my style of singing and also, you know, manipulating the lyrics to make, I mean, the poem to make them lyrics. Um, so actually doing it was quite a fun challenge once we caught momentum. And I sent Charlie maybe 15 variations of how other pop singers in my head would sing it, like a Macy Ooh. Reeves, not Macy Reeves, a Macy Gray version, a Mandy Moore version, a Sarah Bareilles version, like all these different pop sounds. Interesting. That's almost use... like, a, a, what, what, what's the guy, uh, <laughs> uh, Jimmy Kimmel? where he gets like people to sing another style. Exactly. That's a really interesting and, way to approach something like that. Well, yeah, and we we did a you know, quintessential no-brainer musical theater version of Twinkle Twinkle that you know, maybe I'll put it on my Patreon or something cuz it was the key was so high and I was belting so high and so hard. I was going like going for it, man, like Messiah! like and and I was just I remember listening to it and Charlie's like, you sound great. And I was like, I sound like I'm working my butt off. Like, who wants to work this hard for Christmas? Not me. And so yeah. <laughs> it's like, we got to take it down. Let's chill it out. And we found the song that is now what it is today through some workshopping. And it was so much fun to do that with Charlie. So was it just a matter of like, that was just such a really cool experience that, you know what, let's make the, because they're, they're, you're, doing the full Christmas album next year. Yeah, it's really good. Charlie Malcolm, I keep dropping his name because he wrote the music and lyrics and I was his muse in that way. And we got to go over and just discover together. And again, like it took a, like it took a few renditions of Twinkle Twinkle for us to figure out our song, our style as a team. So mm. now I told, I told Charlie, I was like, we got to start the next song in January because it took me forever <laughs> to get this one done. <laughs> <laughs> But now we're off, yeah, you know, we've, we've launched. Yeah. So we've launched, we're in the air. And um, once the song was done, I was like, Charlie, we got to get it out there and let people know how beautiful it is because um, there's more to come. Mm -hmm. When you set a deadline like that, you know, you're, everybody kind of plays to the deadline that they're set. So if you're like, well, exactly. I'm, I'm, maybe I'll get a Christmas album done. You'll never get it done. But if you're like, by next year, that's a hard deadline. Like you have a year basically <laughs> to make a, a Christmas album, which is crazy. I have three. So I have three. Yeah. Three more poems from Chen. And then Charlie wants to make an original song. And oh, then cool. there's the Spanish lullaby that I love that might be like a hidden track. That's a cover. That'll be a cover. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, because you were coming on last night, I asked my wife uh, and I was actually zooming with her brother. I was like, what, what is the best like Christmas album. And they're like, oh, it's got to be Bing Crosby. Like, no, no, it's got to be Boney M. Who do you think has the best Christmas album right now? 
right now, like most current? Like everything. <laughs> Paul McCartney, of course, has the wonderful Christmas, wonderful Christmas time. Um, yeah. Like, who, who has the best song and album, I guess? Wow. What a question. I mean, I got to give it to Dolly Parton. Okay. Yes. Good call. I'm from, I'm from Texas and I don't really love country music. (laughs) (laughs) Oxymoron. And I laugh because Dolly does it right. Every song that comes out of that lady's beautiful heart. Yeah. It just, it, it, it's magic, you know? And I think her albums her multiple albums, her multiple holiday albums, like you just know what you're going to be able to sit down and enjoy. Yeah. And she has a latest one. And I have to also say, I'll counter that or challenge it with Gloria Stefan's latest Christmas album. She has a cover of um, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. The Paul McCartney song, I believe. Yeah. And that song right now it's new. Um, the cover that she did, it's, absolutely gorgeous it has cuban style to it It has a beautiful orchestra it has some um background conversations from her family and gloria also does it right in her own way and those two women i look up to immensely in the music industry and so how would you stack up you know attempting not attempting but making a, a christmas album making a christmas song called twinkle twinkle how does this stack up to like you know off the top we're saying that everybody the majority of people that are probably listening and watching this podcast would know you from crazy Mm ex-girlfriend so how does that stack up against acting what do you mean by stacking up like how does it how does it uh you know how does it feel how like what is there a difference between the two you know okay yeah yeah yeah. recording a record and recording you know essentially recording your acting getting it on film and (laughs) (laughs) i I um I think it's with the I think it's wonderful to make I think it's wonderful to create things with your friends. I think it's also wonderful to hire your friends, right? Yeah. Um it's bringing friends with you to the table with, you know, there's there isn't a limited amount of chairs at this table that I can provide for people that want to do this as well. Mm-hmm. So Charlie the music and lyricist that wrote the music and lyrics to Twinkle Twinkle, he's just so stinking talented. I wanted I wanted to lift him up. Um, Chen Xiang Tao's poems, he it's a personal project for him. It's a personal passion. He know he doesn't want to be a poet. He's a wonderful mathematician, and they just affected me so much. I wanted to honor that talent. So. What stacks up against it, it was a project that I produced, I was in control of, especially like talking you through like the style evolution of it and the instincts that I can trust Charlie with his creativity and he tell me how he wants me to sing it. I love giving people those opportunities, not be the end all be all decision dictation, you know, dictator of creativity. I just feel like when you can collaborate with your friends, take take the chance and it can be a flop or it can be fabulous and i just know charlie is is a so talented and is going to take off and the fact that i get to kind of claim i knew him when is a, <laughs> you know a badge i'm 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 pocketing right now right and right. um and, and so was it so much was fun it, was like it was it what you expected or no 
Expecting to work with Charlie Malcolm? Yes. Charlie Malcolm is sass and sincerity and seriousness all at the same time. Um, he was having a wonderful time putting his idea of what harmonies are and his vocal capabilities on someone else's voice. And um, I think he didn't expect that I could change so much. I was like, Charlie, I'm... I'm a Broadway broad. Like you can yeah. give me a note and I can change it. I'm Agreed. not in any way in that egotistical standpoint of like, it needs to be this way. I have no idea. I'm not a pop singer until this, until this launches into outer space for everyone to hear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so let's do it together. And so I was very surprised on how it turned out as well as being a part of, like I said, like the beautiful brains of my friends, like, you know, Chen's poems and then uh, Charlie's music capabilities and see the full thing that I got so excited once it was done, like literally Todd, like mid November, we finished it. And I was like, we got to get a music video tomorrow. And then I've got to get some, I got to get my publicist updated. Like, Hey, people need to hear about this song. Yeah. Because it is not only is it beautiful, not only are we proud of it, but it's just a really cool new original Christmas piece that can fold into your new Spotify list. Yeah, that's cool. And you know, I've always talked to friends about that. Like, it's it's weird that, especially when your favorite bands don't make Christmas songs. Like, it's just so <laughs> how few bands or artists actually make Christmas songs, right? There's not many. Yes, like, it really boils down to it. There's just not many. Yes, and Christmas covers. You know, Christmas covers is its own game, I yeah. think, to make it your version of something that people already love. And could I have done that? Sure. But I just yeah. know the level of the team that I was working with um, that we could totally nail an original piece. Right. I'm very proud of that. I love that you keep bringing in the team. That's yeah cool. thanks so, everyone's so like did you write it i was like absolutely not i'm so proud <laughs> yeah no of course no everybody was involved um so what what's the music like in in the ruiz house then as a kid growing up like oh what are you hearing and stuff oh my gosh so much shania twain harry okay. iconic jr i'll just basically give you what was in my mom's rotating cd thing in the trunk of yeah, her yeah. catalog you know yeah, the 10 disc um, changer or whatever. Yeah. Yes. Um, Sting, Phil Collins, mm. uh, Shania Twain. I said that. Oh, um, oh, Patty. She's like that Christian, uh, famous singer, Patty. Uh, Looking up from the bottom, it seems like a long way to go. Like, I know the songs. The mountains dark and steep. Uh, I got to look it up for a second. Patty. Yeah. Patty Christian. I love that we're able to do that too, right? Like, yeah, well, look it up. Who is it? <laughs> Sandy Patty. Sandy Patty. Okay. Do you okay. know who that is, Todd? No, like when you say, and, and I'm, I'm like, I'm like that one of the, you know, Sandy Patty as a friend, there's probably oh. there's nobody else you'd think like, oh, I need to call this person because of music trivia. Like I didn't even recognize <laughs> it. Didn't even recognize it. Sandy Patty is an American Christian gospel pop singer. And we died. We like made dents in that cd like that's how much yeah. we listen to it and then personally once i once i found my own voice and my own capabilities of purchasing my own 
CDs. It was definitely NSYNC and TLC. TLC was uh, Crazy Sexy Cool was my first album I purchased on my own dime. Okay. And how was the first concert for you? It was NSYNC. (laughs) (laughs) It was a surprise for my mom and my best friend came with me. I think we were in high school. Yeah. And we had like nosebleed section, so fun to hear their songs. They only had like one original album out. So they were doing a lot of covers actually. They had like NSYNC does the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. Like they had to like fill some time, you know? Right. And I was already kind of like keen on the performative structure. Like, huh, they're not, they don't have a lot of songs. And then my favorite memory is when Justin Timberlake is like, I can't get through this song without someone helping me sing it along and the audience goes nuts you know and and (laughs) so good just so you guys know it doesn't end up this story doesn't end up with me on stage what happens is oh my god imagine that i'm in the nosebleed and he's like yeah and he's like who can help me come up here and help me finish the song and there's girls behind me like in section qrz triples yeah, yeah, yeah being crying and saying justin pick me and i was like oh the delusion of this all is crazy <laughs> <laughs> now i've met justin oh, he came backstage so he came backstage him and jessica came backstage during in the heights and i was like wow i'm such a fan like i kind of geeked out just a little bit sure hard but, not to. Uh, it's hard not to and they're both so wonderful and such nice yeah. people but that was one of my favorite concert memories like the delusion of the fandom is such a level of a fantasy and so right. be it these you know right. people get dressed up for elton john and lady gaga and like it's sure. so much fun to like just go and be in the magic you know yeah go and actually like make a night of it yeah so, yeah yeah totally so you, mentioned, you mentioned the heights of course that, that's where you got your start you got your start on broadway for crying out loud like what <laughs> what Thank that's you. nuts yes broadway is very hard <laughs> i bet and and so so you know if you can give us a Coles notes of like how the fuck do you even get to that point like what because wow um, like, like let's be honest and let's let me pump your tires for a sec okay because most people even if they want to get there they're trained to get there they don't get there mm-hmm. so how did you get there facts <laughs> right facts. um how did i get there i I auditioned, you know, I uh, went to a great college in Oklahoma City, OCU, Oklahoma City University, that was really, really good for me because I auditioned for NYU and the Juilliard School and I didn't get into those schools. It was only OCU. And I'm so glad I was there because I loved that our artistic director of the school, she just retired, Joe Rowan. um, She uh, always would say, what we do is show business, not show begging. And that was like life-changing and game-changing because you go to New York to audition, but be able, you have to afford to live there. You know, it isn't all fun and games, especially Mm. when you're passionate and subjective to your craft and you take things personally. There were days when I wouldn't book something more than the days I booked. And I remember like my mom would hear me cry on the phone, like, this is horrible. And I was so close or blah, blah, blah. And she was like, 
Gabrielle, do you want to come home? And I was like, no, I just need to cry about it. And then I'm just going to try again tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> and then get your ass in class, you know, like keep learning and keep studying. And when you are, I remember doing some background work for some television stuff in, in, in New York, right when I got there and just be a, you know, just soak it up, be a sponge, a fly on the wall. And mm -hmm. how I made it was honestly, most of it is showing up and then coming back and being able to afford to live there. Mm -hmm. And don't let, you know, don't get that twisted that, you know, we're supposed to be starving artists. We're just supposed to be hustling artists. And that comes with show business, not show begging. And once someone told me that, I hope whoever listens to that, hears mm -hmm. that, you know, like it's a business and you've got to invest in yourself and you got to save your money and you got to take care of your instrument and there's maintenance and, um, and then there's time to take breaks. Yeah. I love that. Um, you, you said something about, you know, that you get more no days than yes days and, and I know you did, you've done a lot of voice work as well. And I've done a, a yeah. bunch over the years myself. And, and when I got let go, I, I used to do the afternoon show in Vancouver at a rock station. And I did it mm -hmm. for, I worked there for about 15 years, uh, ending about 12 years as the afternoon host. And when I got let go in 2014, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go into voice work. And I got some really cool parts, but I got so many no's that it, it, it eventually pushed me out the door. Cause I was like, I, I need to feed my family. I had two kids and, uh, and by the way, I want to talk yeah. about, you're a brand new mom as well. So I want to talk about that. Um, but it kind of pushed me out the door. And so how did, how did you get I into am. It? it? You are. Yeah. You're a brand new mom. So yeah, well, let's talk about that. I think her, her name was Mercedes. I think I read. Her name is Mercedes. She's a year and a and, half. And, and so like, so how good fun. is that? It's beyond what you thought how cool it would be right it really is it really is oh, and good. also she's she's kind of an easy baby todd i'm gonna uh, say that i had a, I had a pretty easy baby the first one too yeah and so she's encouraging to want more yeah. <laughs> and... i was just gonna say don't be thinking <laughs> the next one because my second is just like grew horns right away <laughs> both my husband and i we like to brag that we're silent we were silent rebels in our young adulthood so i think that's where we're gonna get our payback yeah. And um, uh, it's wonderful. I, I had a pandemic pregnancy, so that was very lonely. And I was unable to have like all of those accolades that you're used to. And, you know, Philip sure. couldn't come to ultrasounds and um, we could FaceTime him in. So like there were some moments of just waiting just for basic good results. And that's what mattered, you know, to not be overwhelmed with the things you couldn't have. Right. Right. We also had a miscarriage in 2019 that really put my pers really sh shifted my perspective on it's okay to slow down so i kind of had a pre i had like a prelude to the pandemic when everyone learned it's okay to stop sure. just stop the grind everyone had a chance to think so i had a prelude to that and um once once it, we didn't turn into zombies i basically said like after six months of the pandemic like okay we're not you know the world's really not gonna shut down shut down like all the movies we'll be okay um let's start trying again and so when she was born in 2021 well yeah when 2021 philip was able to be there there was vaccinations happening you know and the stress of getting us into some social uh circle that we felt safe but then also you know i don't know how you feel when it comes to parenting because the risks of the new world of 
you know, post-pandemic um, is really everyone's decision, everyone's personal family decision. And once I got a therapist and had some consultations with our pediatrician to like, hey, go to the holiday, you know, go to Virginia, go to Virginia or Pennsylvania where your family is for the holidays and she's going to get a cold, you know, and it's okay. She kind of needs a cold. She needs to build an immune system, yeah, you know, and all those things. Right. And we were just starving for social interaction and family sure. interaction because we didn't get it while we were pregnant. And um, that has been like a really wonderful life change for me to, I've never valued family so deeply because my parents were so supportive for my sister and me to pursue out, out of Texas. Mm. My sister uh, works in DC. I was in New York, now in LA, big cities. And we weren't coming back. You know, we weren't coming back to Texas. And I, with the pandemic and then getting pregnant, I just needed to be fam near family. And I wanted them, I want her to know her grandparents. Thank God for FaceTime. But when we go um, across the coast, I mean, across the country uh, for a holiday or for a birthday, we make time to be there. And I didn't do that in, in my younger years in my career. I would only be there for like three days, four days, you know or work would you know keep me away from the holidays and it was fine because they were supportive i would get emotional for a minute you know when you know it's christmas eve but um it's different now it's really oh, different yeah. now oh yeah, yeah I'm, uh, <laughs> a 12 and 10 year old now and oh wow i know everybody tells you this but like it goes by so fast it's insane how fast it goes you know it, it really, does it, it really does. and i try not to ever say that to anybody because i, I heard it so much <laughs> You know, as I was a, you know, brand new dad and stuff, but it's like, holy shit, they were all right. They I were know. all staying on how fast it goes. Like, I know I got, I got a, a five foot eight, you know, kid. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're so tall. How did that Mercedes, happen? Mercedes is going to be a very tall person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my husband's tall. My mother-in-law's family is even taller and she is all that side like she's all still 90th percentiles of everything <laughs> yeah. yeah same for my kids all the way through i mean i'm six two my wife's almost six feet so we'll have some big kids oh too. tall yeah. kids i'm not i'm pretty average i'm only five five and um okay. but all the pisanchians that's my married name they are just yeah. super tall people so i i, I willed it correctly with her nursery theme to be giraffe <laughs> <laughs> nice um okay so the uh, for the voice work uh yeah you're doing stuff with the star trek you're doing stuff with spidey what a dream come true like, what two, what two like? universes to be a part of i know right what a your career is nuts and like what do you know like downtime or i had a lot of downtime todd there's a lot it, i'm just so glad it looks like i'm busy it's great <laughs> oh yeah that's a good like publicist no looks, i'm kidding that's some good social like media plugging right there going crazy uh, so so taking these roles in uh, I got a, a couple of questions. S Star Trek or Star Wars? Trek all the way. No question. Okay. Come at yeah. me. Interesting. I've, <laughs> I, I've probably asked that of like, I don't know, a thousand people in the last 10 years. And and it's probably 20% maybe Star Trek. And I oh, love yeah. Star Trek. It's but like, no, right no. We, we're Star okay Wars. with being the minority too. We're strong. Oh, we're, yeah. we're small and mighty. Yes, you are. And you're all chirpy about it as well. And you so, know, I, I don't understand Star Wars. I don't get it. The movies are too long. Oh, the first three, though. Come on. Those are classic movies. Classic. We're Pass. fighting. 
we're fighting. Uh, I see. We're so we're starting to fight now. <laughs> and then so taking Spidey, the 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 a role in Spidey. So does that mean you're like a true fan yeah. of the comic world? Like you're you're into all the, the always, Iron Man, I've, Batman, I've always, Superman. Yeah, I loved X. I I loved X Men as a kid. The comics specifically, like the actual yeah. comments, same uh, comic comics, and yeah. um. I've always loved all the new renditions of Spider-Man and uh, I get to play Rio, which is Morales. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, that, you know, that universe of, of Spider-Man yep. and um, it's a kid's show. So it's a show that Mercedes can grow into and all my nieces and nephews can listen and watch. And then, and, they, and then all their little brains go, I know, and my sister. That's auntie, listens. that's mom. What I know. My hell? sister's like, my sister's like, I can't, I can't imagine that being Spider Man's mom because it's just you. And I'm like, I know, I know, it is yeah. me, but yeah, crazy. <laughs> but yeah, they're very good to me there over at Disney with that show and um, the Star Trek win was so big for me. I mean, I used to watch Star Trek with my mom falling yeah. asleep and. Um, I'm, I play a, I play a Vulcan. So Spock is, you know, that's Spock, you know, um, species they're, they're, they're so prestigious and, and Star Trek lower deck specifically in the Trek world is, is a comedy, which is not very done at all. It's very mm -hmm. dramatic on, in that, in that universe. So Mike McMahon, you know, from Rick and Morty was able to take on the nerdiness and love for this world and give it back to the fans as a gift. So there's just fun jokes and little golden eggs and and they bring back like um Captain Riker, you know, and as as an animated cartoon and they bring back the actors that played those roles years ago to be themselves and so like it's just a fun reunion over and over and over and the fact that Talyn my character um had some pivotal moments just as like a guest star uh it's just been released and revealed in the last season that she is now on the Cerritos on the USS Cerritos as she's now working um for you know for Starfleet and um I'm excited for the fans to see what happens to her and how she met, how she blends with the lower deck crew. What a cool life you live, hey? It is. I'm very it's grateful. Great. I'm very, oh, very oh, grateful. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Like reading through your bio and you're off the top, you're like, oh, thank you so much for like how could how could you have a podcast and not want to talk to somebody that has a life <laughs> like you? Like honestly. Thank you. It's been so fun. So so which superpower would you want to have then? Fly. Boat speed. I just fly. Like they'd be able to like fly around and see things. It's so cool. I think that'd be yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So outside of acting and, and I guess music now and, and everything you're known for, how's your, uh, how's your sporting game? Are, are you a big fan <laughs> of sports? Do you watch sports? Do you play sports? I love this turn of conversation. I don't watch sports a lot anymore. Have funny enough. Um, I love football. I'm from Texas. My sisters yeah, in, went to Texas A&M. Despite yeah. all the games we lost, we were very proud. Giga Mags. Um, but my husband, any guy I dated before my husband was more of a sports guy. I even dated a French Canadian who loved hockey and I loved watching it. I loved being obnoxious at the game. But <laughs> whenever a Super Bowl happens, we'll go and 
cheer on who we're supposed to cheer on and I'm as obnoxious as it gets and into it. I'm invested. Yeah. But do I watch ESPN? No. Um, with Philip, my husband, he's more of a car guy. Oh. And so I watch a lot of car shows now. <laughs> mm. Okay. And he's a video game guy and I'll watch video games. I mean, we met on match we met on match.com and I had it in my bio saying I also I watch video games. Yes, I do exist. Like I'll watch and I will comment, I will be in it, I will stay up with you and just be like, it's almost like its own movie and like support. But when it comes to playing, I am terrible at playing video games. Mm. So, mm. so yeah, I would say I'm sporty though. Cause I was like a catcher in softball in high school and okay. I was like MVP Ruiz in elementary school basketball at the, at the boys and girls club. So I love sports. Yeah. And, and so you, you'd mentioned your uh, uh, binging stuff. W what, what else have you been watching? Like you're a content creator, of course. We all love the stuff you, that you do. But what do you what do you find that you're kind of binging through right now? I just finished The Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> no way! Like The Golden Girls, like the. Thank back. you for being a friend. Oh yeah, I had um, out on the Lanai podcast on What Are Friends For podcast, which is my podcast. Waff, right. and out to you. they are super. It's like a it's a super fan love sesh of all and everything Golden Girls. And so we we talked about some of the friendship. Con we had some friendship conversations based around it. And I thought to myself, I was like, I should commit to a sitcom. I've been close as an actor, close to a few sitcoms myself. And so I love watching the formulas of different sitcoms. It's a good scene study. Sure. And um, I was trying to watch Friends, Todd, and it's so boring and it's so annoying. Come at me. I just, mm. I mm. don't like it. I try now as an adult, maybe because I lived in New York and I'm in my 20s, diversity lacks in the show because it, it's, it's, you know, it's now dated and it's time. Oh, for sure. It was great of its time. Yep. And, um, but now I just like, I just couldn't. I couldn't get on board. And so I don't know, maybe it's because it's old ladies, maybe because I'm feeling older now. I don't know. But the comedy, the spice, the sass, and also like the scandalous writing that sure. they got away with in the 90s was top notch. And sure. their timing, Betty White, get out of here. Like it was just like so much fun. I do. I, I would binge that while I was like cleaning the kitchen or just alone with Mercedes, and it it was always entertaining and at the same time really fun scene study. Yeah, I mean, there, and there's a lot of older series that would just never make it today. Like, think of The Office. Think of Michael at The Office. I know it's it, so true. Imagine if they were trying to pass that show off today. Not a chance. Zero percent. Never happened. Uh, Gabriel, I'm I'm gonna respect your timer. I'm gonna ask two quick questions, and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap it up. You're on pause, by the way. You're totally paused on my screen here. Um, if you're still there, um, tell us a near death story, like where you're like, "Holy crap! I could have just died now." She's done. we could see if she jumps on again i do want to get these questions and we only got 5 45 i only got the 40 minute i don't i don't get the full uh i don't get the full zoom thing i don't pay for it but i think that's going to be it which is fine but a great oh she did jump on nice oh that's funny <laughs> 
All right. Gabrielle, you there? There she is. Did you get to upload the other stuff? I, I freaking love that you jumped back on again. No yes. worries. Did you get to upload? Okay, good. Yeah. The last thing we heard was the office. Yes. So I was just saying, imagine that. Uh, and then I said, okay, all right, I'm going to respect your time. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I, I don't buy the, the Zoom uh, account. So I only have like five minutes with you still. Perfect. But I, I want to ask, <laughs> cheap. Uh, I want to ask uh, like two more, two more questions. We'll, we'll wrap it up. So the, the question I'd asked when we got uh, dropped, and this is funny because it's going to play out like this when I post it on online, me going like, hopefully she comes on again. And then you do um, hit, hit us with a near death story where you're like, holy fuck, I could have just died. I could have just died. Oh, like really die? Like die, die? Like die, die. I almost got hit by a train. Oh, like, my, like my hand could have died. Oh, wow. Um, Hit by, I almost died. I'm like, when did I almost die? Um, it would be screaming at you if you had one. Oh, okay. So uh, college, uh, my dance school had some program affiliated with the Taiwan Police College. Don't ask me why, but we went to Taiwan, Taipei, Taiwan, and we um, had like, we did like a dance show there and we, we, we taught, we did like cultural exchange classes. It was so cool and so fun. When we were doing some tours, we were like on an actual bus, like a long bus. And we went up to some um, museum that was on top of a mountain. And I think the bus driver went the wrong way up the mountain Good, and yeah. had to like three point turn on the mountain. My God. And I got so scared that I just had to close my eyes and just basically ostrich myself into the ground. Like I just closed my eyes and put my head on my, my lap because I was like, I mean, I felt like the clouds, we were in level with, we were on level, like, you know, we were at the same level with clouds and wow. <laughs> three point turned the bus and nothing slipped, nothing, you know, got yeah. in any way rocky, but they had to, they, they brought the translator. The translator took the risk and like, you know, sacrificed himself and like put himself at the edge of the mountain to like tell him how far he could back up oh, to three God. point turn in Taiwan. And we didn't die. Good. <laughs> this is a good thing. Yeah. I remember been, that was pretty Could have been dicey. It could have been dicey. And the last thing I want to ask you is, can you pick one career highlight or is that just like impossible? Oh, no, I can. There recently, like in 2019, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend went on tour. Rachel Bloom, the creator yeah. of the show, wanted to take the, the show on the road and do the music for the fans. And one of the stops was Radio City in New York. And we did two shows. We had two nights. And she was thinking, she was just kind of like, you know, talking to the Broadway people of Crazy Ex, saying like, is there any friends that we can bring on of yours? And she asked me if I could ask Lin-Manuel Miranda to come and guest with me and um i said if i ask him he's doing a number with me and yeah. and um because i would love because he i mean he gave me my broadway debut he he uh referred me to crazy ex-girlfriend i owe the man a lot of honor and recognition for my career path yeah. and he's also a very good friend of mine and always will be 
And I was adamant on that because I wanted to have that memory and that that experience of introducing Lynn Manuel Miranda onto the stage. And when I did, Todd, the vibration of cheers, I will never forget. Like I put my hands up in the air and I just like, like I felt the wave come on. And wow. he walks on stage just like Lynn is with his beautiful smile and his sneakers and his denim jeans and like a suit jacket. And we did, I sing Women Got to Stick Together. And we walked around and like, you know, paraded around through the audience like I've done with the number but he went with me and we salsa off the stage and he, he was just so generous to not only say yes but to have fun and um I'll never forget that rush that tidal wave of screams because it was a surprise guest and the way people screamed for him I got to be a part of that I can always nice. savor that moment I, I love hearing about people's highlights like that <laughs> Gabrielle, I, I, I have to run, unfortunately. Uh, I would love to talk to you more. You're such a, a cool uh, personality to talk to. Thank and, and you. What a, what a crushing career. And thank you again for joining us here in, in Vancouver on the Toddcast. And uh, we'll tag you when we're chucking the stuff around online. And I Perfect. guess we'll see, you, we'll see you online as well. Follow along on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Find us at Toddcast Podcast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.